0: What do we call it, Justin? Uh, we haven't fixed on on a name yet. We haven't decided on it. Yet. We've been calling it for the last three episodes. We've called it one thing. We've called it "Ruined Hopes." Still not sure. "Ruined Hopes." It's uh, a podcast called about shitting the bed red-handed. It's about doing poorly on stage and then sharing the evidence of your. Uh, um, well, that's that's the idea that I had for the podcast was to to talk about your failures openly and honestly by sharing them and and share uh, i don't know it's uh but a lot of people don't like to be on the hook i don't know sure so you made it sound like a support
1: group yeah it permanent. does feel
0: that way a little bit I, I feel like i've learned something the last couple episodes we've done but uh maybe this one we might lay off but i think we're going to share one of yours Justin this time i think we're going to share a, a, a bad bad set that you uh pre- performed once uh but uh but that's the idea of the show, is to uh, get somebody on the hook and to make them feel bad. And uh, our guests today are, uh, are, we have two guests. We have, we have first Justin Blanford, uh, the co-host. My name is Bob Morrissey. Justin, you want to introduce the guests? Sure. Hi. Uh, tonight, sitting in,
1: we have Danny Palumbo. Hey. From Austin. Well, from Austin, but originally from
2: the, uh, the Pittsburgh area. The Pittsburgh area. Can I offer uh, just a, a, a bit of advice? Mm-hmm. Please. You guys should get a name for this podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were yeah gonna I gonna call feel like <laughs> that's
1: important, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, Ruined Hopes is Bob's idea, and I think we can do better. So. Yeah. Well, s- then just, just you need to be Provisional, provisional yeah. name. It's it's on iTunes as Ruined Hopes, but we'll... Yeah. Oh,
0: will you have a name for it then. Well, it is. The name of the podcast is Ruined Hopes. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah. All right.
1: All right. And then uh, also from Austin but also from somewhere else Aaron Brooks. Hey. And where are you from originally? Uh, St. Louis. All Saint right. Louis. And the St. Ch- Louis Slinger. The St. Louis Slinger. Why mm-hmm. do they call you that,
3: Aaron? Uh, St. Louis is actually uh, slingers are pretty popular sandwich there. It's like a it's a greasy spoon kind of a thing and I eat 38 of them one night. So
1: 38 Yep. Slingers. Well, that is. I'm on a lot of walls. Slinger all across the Midwest. My, I'll tell you my what. on a lot of walls. Wow, you know who doesn't have shit on that is Cool Hand Luke. He ate yeah. 50 eggs. Fuck that guy. Yeah, 38 whole sandwiches Danny. is.
3: Uh, Danny has a, a jar of pickled eggs in the car right now. How many? 50. I do.
2: Um, maybe a dozen.
3: No, oh, oh, it's more than that. No. But he he bought them in a gas station in. Bumfuck. So can I say? Yeah. Oh, you can say whatever you uh, want. Somewhere in Alabama. And uh, he's been talking a big game all weekend, has yet to crack him open. A little disappointed. I'm very, I'm very disappointed. Actually. I bought those eggs
2: because I felt bad using the bathroom without buying anything. And, uh, I don't know why I bought eggs. That is a weird guilt purchase.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah you could have bought like a bottle of water. Didn't you buy something else there too? Like a bottle of water? Or I, think like, so. I think so. But you had like, to have those eggs. Yeah. I don't know. What or was maybe going. also
1: one of those like really artificially red hot dogs.
2: No, they didn't mm-hmm. have those. It was a fish and tackle place. Yeah. Also, you should have bought some worms. Yeah, somebody should have bought some worms. Some <laughs> Kelly Wigglers. Yeah, I use a bathroom uh, and uh, take some worm. of these worms. You
3: also, got,
0: you got any? You got any grubs
3: <laughs> right there? <laughs> In a grub mm-hmm. mood.
1: All right. Well, I remember great. sitting at
0: a rural. I, uh, Greg, my boyfriend, and I went to New Orleans once, and uh, on the way there, we stopped at a rural gas station. A rural gas station, and uh, and there was a mother working behind the counter. And then a six-year-old boy who was just running around the store, s- yelling, "I can do anything! I can do anything! I can do anything! Rule the world! I can rule the world!" It, it was just this recurring song that, like, he'd made up that he was just singing all day. Yeah. And I, I just remember how miserable his mom looked and how funny that was. But apropos of nothing, that uh, story was great. I. I want to tell everybody we got Danny Palumbo here. He hey. was on uh, America's Got Talent.
2: Yeah, I feel bad enough. Let's not uh, keep me on the hook for anything. Why don't we try to make me feel better? I was hoping that was going to be the <laughs> point of this podcast. Oh, oh yeah. That he, we he's also
0: the uh, uh, funniest person in Austin yeah, contest winner well, that's 2015. Thank let's you. let's talk about some accolades. just for laughs uh, New Faces Montreal, sure, uh, Bridgetown sure, sure. Comedy Festival. Nope, 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 nope. Don't you that? No, I got yeah.
2: denied five years in a row. Oh, oh. Sh- but I did. Get well, an, Yeah. Oh, they got it coming. I inherited <laughs> uh, a pair of socks from their swag bag this year, though. That's uh, pretty so sick. We still got some of the swag from this year's fest. But, but you
0: were named uh, one of Time Out Magazine's comics to watch, or is is that the? Am I getting the credit right? Uh, nope. Uh, it was Split Cider named the.
2: It was a. Probably bullshit thing, but the top up and coming comics outside of New York and, and, and uh, New York and L.A. and they did like Denver, Austin, and also uh, Mac Blake was one of those comics. Who's who's right here?
0: He's uh, on the show tonight. Mac, Mac uh, Blake. Mac, Mac's yeah. on the
2: so that this is um, all before the show. We're about
0: to do a show tonight, we don't, re- you know. Yeah. So
2: also, I will be appearing on the show *Uproarious* on the Fuse Network, uh, December second. I found out is the air date. As far as I know, I didn't get booed on that on that show. Uh, I think it went well. <laughs> So uh, if you want to see me do stand-up and you know in a, in a friendly environment, I, w- I would suggest
0: <laughs> uh, checking that out. All right. But so, yeah. so tell us a little more about America's Got Talent.
2: Well, you know, uh, if you're one of the millions of people that saw it, you know, I was uh, booed. Um, it was, yeah, it was a terrible experience. I didn't want to do the show at all. Uh, in fact, they kept calling me, and I was like, oh, fuck these people again. <laughs> and uh, eventually they kind of convinced me to do it. Actually, I was talking to a friend of mine, and, uh, uh, yeah, I'll name drop, uh, Chad Daniels, who's a, who's a good friend of mine and he has experience doing a lot of TV stuff. And I was like, Hey man, am I being a shithead or should I like, do, or should I do this thing? And he said that, uh, he asked himself two questions before he does anything. And that's one, uh, will it get me fans? And two, can I do it in a way that I can sleep at night? And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm fun. Like I can do it in a way that's like, but it's reality TV. There's, you know, I wasn't a fit for that show at all uh, i didn't have a story where, which is what they you know kind of wanted well they did go with the yeah. story that uh hey i'm bad at comedy that was that was their yeah their main they're picture. like oh, i'm just oh, a bartender no.
0: i'm gonna go back to doing that that was the story that I yeah made you look like yeah i think wow. so, i think so uh-huh. um
1: but
2: um could yeah. back up a little bit how did sure. they get a hold of you they saw a um a video of me winning the contest that year okay and F-P-I-A, uh, yeah, that F-P-I-A. Is. Um, I was on my way to Mac Blake's wedding Mac was getting married and congratulations uh, back and, then uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got a call from one of the producers and uh, it, we, it was very obnoxious kind of he I remember he said uh, yeah it helps to have a, a backstory you know we had someone on last year that had cancer <laughs> and I immediately <laughs> was like are you telling me to, Oh, that would that would like help if you had cancer or something. This is what it sounded like. I was like, I don't have.
4: Story. What's wrong with you?
2: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they kept calling me, and then uh, it just got to the point they were like, Hey, you, you don't even have to audition in Dallas. We'll just fly you out and pay for your hotel. And, I, and at, at that point, I was like, Well, shit. Like, I guess I have to do it now. And then I went to go. And it was just a nightmare experience. You know, you go into this. Uh, uh, theater in Pasadena, but there's a, there's a whole backstage area, and instead up all this America's Got Talent stuff, and you're doing, everyone's doing interviews all day, and it's just really boring. Uh, they're interviewing, you know, break dancers and stuff, and, you know, people that just, uh, you know, singers and whatever, and it's just all the most overproduced. The stuff I was, aff- like, I was like, oh, that, I forgot that's what this show is. Like, why did I agree yeah. to something that, like, I know this isn't me? And that's the toughest part of, about, watching that video, too, is like, this isn't me. Like, this was not a representation of myself. I didn't want to do this in
0: the first place. And yet, well, It's here, not what you've been working on for your no. entire time doing comedy. Yeah. I, I, I had a, I, I did a show once at the Houston Improv that was like a comedy gala. And I didn't, I mean, I knew what it was. It was all uh, drag performers lip-syncing songs. Mm-hmm. But I was the comedian on the show. And the, they put me on the show because I'm a gay man. But I did not connect with the, the you know, it, it's a different format. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, and then yeah, when I yeah. went up, I, I I don't do comedy that appeals to people who go to drag shows, or any uh, some could say anywhere. But uh, <laughs> I, but that definitely did not do well when the audience is having fun doing something totally different from comedy, and then you're just there trying to talk about your. Uh, right whatever usually makes people laugh in a comedy club context right
2: yeah and that's like a i don't know i think most yeah most of the time you fail as a comedian it's fun because it's like oh that's like a a fun story that i get to retell but then because it's anonymous then all of a sudden it's like oh it's online forever (laughs) Mm -hmm. and millions of people have seen it it's it's not fun it's not a fun thing anymore it's just like you know a Uh, negative sort of like oh this is
0: my new definition yeah Wow. Yeah,
2: kind, kind of. I mean, not for me or anything. Yeah. I, mean, I don't give a shit yeah. anymore. And uh, I don't think most people do either. And the people that hate would, that do think I'm not funny because of that show, it's like, well, you know what? I wasn't gonna, you were gonna like me anyway. You know? Right. There's so many people that would, that would hate us if they got the chance just to fucking see us. <laughs> you okay. know what I mean? Um, so it's like, oh, what's the point? I just was exposed to that a lot earlier than I thought I would be. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh yeah, so then at the show, uh, I get there and I'm like, hey, can I see the place, like where we're performing? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I go in there and there's a guy doing warm up, and so he's getting all the uh, the extra, I don't know, it was a B roll or whatever, reaction shots from the audience members. So he's like, all right, now clap, now I'll laugh, and he goes, all right, now boo, like you uh, saw something you hate, and then the audience just like erupted, like lost their shit, like yeah, we're here to fucking boo people, <laughs> um, and um, and also it's just a shitty thing too to kind of like rile up the audience in a way. That's like you know, uh, yeah, it's okay to boo somebody. Uh, so I think couple that coupled with the um, I didn't want the set that I did. It's again, you know, it, it sucks, but like I did something I didn't want to do. Uh, they asked me to do a set that I did not want to do either. They they told me what jokes they would like the ma- the most, and then the more I was thinking about it, I was like, man, I got like 90 seconds. I was like, I don't want to do this shit. Like this takes yeah. long to get to. I don't think it's the best representation of what I do. You know, let me I pitched shorter jokes. Like, hey, let me do this and this and this. And they were like, mm, no, we want you to do your other stuff. And I was like, and then I just, again, like, back down, which I should have done. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll do this stuff. And it takes longer to get to, and then that's what happened. Like I know, I
0: saw you at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival yeah. last year doing a couple of the same jokes that you did on yeah. America's Got Talent. And yeah. they worked really well because yeah. the audience knew you, and they knew what. Yeah. Oh, they were all <laughs>
2: just there to see comedy also. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh a completely different animal. So then I got booed, and then I was like, you know, I should probably kill myself, uh, but I didn't do it, and I'm here. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> and uh,
0: so yeah, it's
2: uh yeah, it's a fucking. What's it's a the
0: Aprorious show? I'm sorry, I don't. I'm oh, familiar um, with that show is that a, a stand-up? Sh- yeah, it's it's,
2: it's show? a new show that's on uh, on on the Fuse Network. Uh, it's a, and it's a stand-up show. I think they have like three comedians. An episode It starts in October, and then mine's in like December.
0: Oh. Yeah. So but it's just you doing a set. Is it a lot like Adam Devine's house party or something with the yeah, little, uh,
2: a, uh yeah, it's just me doing a set. There's a host and he does stuff in between. I think they showed like maybe internet videos or something in between. But um Oh, you know what? Oh that's funny. I think I do that one of those jokes that I did on America's Got Talent for that, actually. What? So I think I think it went well it did go better. Yeah. I guess it can't go worse than it was kids there, man. Uh, I got booed there by, I there got were bo- kids y- yeah. At America's yeah, I got,
0: b- talent. I got booed by kids, man, 10 year olds,
2: it was kids there were, in the audience, yeah, and there was also a 10 year old doing stand up too, which uh, was infuriating, did that yeah. kid do, how do you fucking think, man, <laughs> killed, killed, killed it, yeah, of course, <laughs> I wasn't a boo a kid, yeah. you know, well.
0: so, uh, Melissa Villasenor made it, a comedy from America's Got Talent, and she, uh, she's just on Saturday Night Live, oh really, was she on this year, she was on America's Got Talent, I think, two years ago. And she had an amazing like the audience wanted to hate her when she started mm-hmm. talking because they her story was like, oh, I, do work, I work retail and I'm nervous and I'm not uh, right. confident. But then, right. then she started doing her impressions and the audience that was about to boo her was just like, that's too good to boo. and then they <laughs> yeah. all loved it. And, But yeah, it's a nightmare. But um. I I can see the uh, effect of the host priming the audience. There, like, Yeah.
2: A, yeah sucks don't ever do it
0: guys (laughs) you guys practicing your booing okay (laughs) good
2: because you might want to use that
1: yeah just throwing it out there something might be funny exactly but booing is uh that's that's on your ballot yeah
2: (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) um man so so yeah we also uh let's also welcome welcome our our second guest, we have another another comedy friend, uh, comedy comedy hero, Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks. Uh, everybody, a hero, a hero to none,
3: <laughs> comedy <laughs> hero to none. Thank you. Thanks. That's not true, man. My mom loves what I do. That's it. Your can mom I, loves what you do. She's yeah. seen you before? She, yeah, she's she seen you. Do you have mine? any she, brothers or sisters? I got a, I got a brother who's in the Navy, and uh, I have a sister uh, as well. And yeah, she loves them a lot.
2: Can I can I interview Aaron? Aaron how many restaurants have you been kicked out of Oh
3: man what's what's this podcast about It's about
1: You're, bombing, you were, oh, s- yeah, m- about mainly that.
2: but also just uh, ruined hope uh, yeah.
1: the provisional title so yeah getting kicked out of a restaurant Let could be kicked could out of a lot
3: of re- a lot of restaurants. A
1: hopeless experience
3: yeah, like half a dozen at least
1: as a patron or
3: yeah, an oh, employee yeah, yeah. Both? no never as an employee. not true if you
2: get kicked out of a place to work you just get fired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, but uh, the police escort, yeah, that's the Typically. saddest thing about getting fired. Yeah. No, I've been kicked yeah. out of a lot of
1: places. Has that ever happened to you, Bob?
0: What? Uh, no.
1: No, okay. Uh, yeah. it's just, it's I think you're lying, but uh, oh. Aaron, <laughs> what, what, how many restaurants have you been uh, kicked out Probably in? at
3: least half a dozen. Most of them Denny's, just various Denny's throughout southern Illinois. You uh, just
1: get too turnt?
3: Uh, yeah. The you turn the turn the jukebox up too loud? Dance on the booth, rip it, rip it apart. Playing "Double Down" to Georgia. Bad boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm real. I'm a real hard ass. <laughs> That's me.
1: What's your, what's your, what's your regular dish in there? They know you when you uh, walk in. I mean, like they, they had a thing called
3: the slam burger, which was feels like me all the way. It was a hamburger with hash browns, a fried egg, and cheddar cheese sauce all inside. Oh yeah, all on top. You mm. cut it in half and with the yolk run. Mm. Justin's a um, vegan. I'm sorry. That's, That's not not. For, it's not for you.
0: Well, I mean, it's, you know,
1: it's not relevant to his enjoyment of the, of the slam yeah. burger.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed. It. I enjoyed it for both of us because it's. It's been a long time. I've right. uh, changed my ways. I don't go to Denny's anymore. So. You're reformed. Yeah, I mean, we can call it that. Every time I pass by one, I get a little twin. <laughs> All right,
2: yeah. What was it like doing comedy in the
0: Midwest? Oh, it's awful there's awful. nothing there's nothing else to say <laughs> uh, nothing good about st louis comedy uh,
3: no no i i was really fortunate when i came up i was um the house mc at i guess what you call a b room that didn't draw big names um but I, I was able to get on stage like six seven times a week as a host and i was able to amass a lot of material really quickly in front of a paying crowd that was not always the best so i i was able to like develop that skill to be quick on my feet and like how to talk to a crowd. I'm really good at that. So that's – I mean, that's, I was, I'm fortunate with how I
0: came up. So yeah. what, that's, uh, Well, I'm sorry. When did you move to Austin? Uh,
3: 2012. Oh. So May of 2012. So four and a half years. I've oh, okay, yeah. been there. there.
2: It's interesting you see it as fortunate.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, like there was – when I when I first started, there were other kids. Well, kids uh, I was 25. There were other people my age who – I've been doing stand-up for a couple of years, and they kind of scoffed at it. Like, why would you be – at that room when there was clearly like there was a funny bone in st louis which was the a room when i was there jeselnik was there bill burr came through david tell i mean it it was the a room in st louis and i was on the illinois side of the mississippi which was frankly closer to my house and like opening up for jimmy walker and paulie shore and (laughs) people who like have atv credit from 10 years ago um but i was also on stage i think like over 200 times in my first year of doing stand up so i got yeah i i was kind of on a fast track like i i was a lot better a year in than mostly everybody else in in st louis that was kind of in my class that makes sense yeah it was, I, it was I, great
2: cuz that when i think about starting in pittsburgh i'm like oh well, i guess it was a good experience cuz i got yeah. to start in a bad place but i'm like wait was it like what i wish i would have just started in austin
3: no i mean, i or i'm so I, I wouldn't be half the comic i am today if it weren't for like
0: those first couple of years in st louis it was great I wouldn't trade it for anything. It I always awesome. think it's better to be overqualified when you get a big opportunity. Right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I was I was featuring at, like, six months. I was doing 25, 30 minutes at six months. I was doing 45 minutes at a year, hmm. year and a half, and it wasn't always great. But I, I had more material at a year than anybody else in St. Louis. So I, I was given a lot of opportunities because of that. And there's there, there just isn't, like, a there wasn't, like, a huge comedy scene there. It's a lot better now. Like, the, the higher end, when I was there, was great. Like, we'd go to open mics at the Funny Bone on Tuesdays, and Nikki Glazer, Tommy Jonigan, Greg Warren, like a host of people who are, like, working comedians would just go and wreck shop at the best open mic I've ever been to. And then when I left, all those people had moved. So it, it, it went from, like, really being a clinic every single week to just a bunch of spoiled people who were used to a really great show and and didn't really give a shit about it and uh, so it, it changed a lot over that time when I was there but man I, w- I was really lucky to be there when I was it was awesome
1: so what um what are what are some of your most epic dark Inter- moments in oh, in failing on stage
3: um I didn't bomb for the first year I did stand up that's like pretty so much strange. and it's impressive. Uh, Bullshit. I, I swear, I swear <laughs> to god. I can I came to I, I played music for years before I ever did stand up. Uh, so I was all like right out of the gate, I was really comfortable on stage and I, I always felt comfortable just like sort of being funny in in the moment and I I don't know it sounds it sounds so fucking weird and pompous to say but I I was just I was just I started out better than a lot of people started out I think and because just,
1: of just, like maybe the discipline that you had from performing music and then also yeah. just like understanding performance where yeah. a lot of people who when they start stand up, it's their first don't know how to read kind of performance or, they, or even yeah. for some people art and, form. And frankly, I was attempted. stupid.
3: Like I was stupid. Like, <laughs> like I didn't know that like, oh, you need to come up there with with like jokes written out and like you have to like like stuff wouldn't work. But I was always just the kind of person who was like, oh, I can just get out of this, just being a goof. Oh, you got and that's what I did for the first year. And I was like, oh, I, I'm never going to I'm never going to bomb. Well, I did real hard. Uh, like it was basically it was almost a year to the day when I started stand up. I was uh, doing a benefit show, which is just a nightmare for if You've never done stand up. It's like the worst thing. I mean, it's a great thing for – I'm digging a hole already. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great thing for somebody, but it's
0: horrible to do Lendo Lindo up. talked about benefit shows.
1: Yeah, oh. this is a theme. Mm. Yeah. Benefit terrible. shows are – So
3: I'm, I'm doing a benefit show at this Casey Hall, this Knights of Columbus Hall in southern Illinois. And we walk in this room, and it's this giant – like, it's a Knights of Columbus. It's a banquet hall. It could seat, like, 500 people. Oh, God. And there's maybe 20 scattered throughout the room. To the side of the stage, there are like three kids who are coloring. They're still so young. They don't have the fine motor skills to grasp the crayon like you would, like a pencil. They're just clutching it in their palm, and mm. just like fuck lines, they're just all over the sheet. <laughs> and you can just tell immediately this is going to be awful. There's three of us who are doing the show. There's me, this guy Dean Chardon, who uh, Dean, I, I don't know, Uh <laughs> you know, Dean, Dean's uh Dean's a road road dog, road dogging it um there's and then there's this other guy bruce who used to be a christian comedian who had done churches and shit so he's kind of used to hey you got to be clean you that's like he's used to that sort of setup to where it's not necessarily ideal for stand-up so they're they're gonna have some things then they're gonna bring us up they called us the comedy team we're not a fucking team there's three comedy teams gonna come up so bruce goes up well back up show starts the whole event starts and this lady who has cancer her two kids go on stage and they sing a hymn horribly (laughs) they're terrible singers should never have been chosen to sing a hymn and they're like maybe i don't know 10 and 12 years old they're not not very old so that's already uncomfortable because everybody's just applauding out of respect for this lady then Uh, the next thing up is about like a five or six minute long voicemail somebody they hold their phone up to the microphone and it's from this woman's a very very effeminate son or gay son and which no big deal. But in Southern Illinois at the time, it was like, what the fuck is this? Like, people were visibly uncomfortable at the thought of, like, a gay presence in, in this nights so of Columbus <laughs> Hall, they were really oh, I, upset. Yeah. Gay ghost. It was, it was this lady who couldn't have been less interested just playing a voicemail into a microphone. So then after this, like, teary voicemail, like, all right, the comedy team. So Bruce, the Christian guy, goes up. He does 20 minutes. And it goes as good as it's gonna go. He he gets them. and then I go up and I told him, say, like, "Hey, I'm not changing. I'm, I was a real hard ass. Like, I'm not changing my fucking act. I'm gonna say fucking. I'm gonna talk about fucking." And, you Did know? you say that? I, I told the way he was running. I was like, I'm not changing uh, okay. my. I'm just gonna do. My I thought jokes.
2: you said this up front before you started doing your set. No, no, no. Like,
3: let me tell a you year people something. <laughs>
0: into you're doing comedy. Yeah, this was, was,
3: was about a year, ju- almost to the day. It was like a year. Uh, so I go up, and I, I'm doing my jokes about fucking snack cakes and choking some girl or <laughs> having sex and like there's literally children like I'm looking and there's kids who are just ignoring me and I'm doing it to complete I mean total you can hear the people in the back cooking pulled pork for the festivities later it's uh-huh. the. it's so it's jarringly quiet and uh, I am just bombing so hard and I'd never I'd never I'd never experienced that so I'm on this stage that's like maybe five feet off the ground and I'm just, like, pacing back and forth. I start tweeting from the stage. I was like, you guys are terrible. You are a terrible audience. And I was tweeting, worst show ever. I'm tweeting from the stage. At one point, I pull the projector screen down and just start shaking my head behind it, telling my jokes, like, looking at the DJ, like, what am I doing? Uh, and uh, so I come back out, and I've got, like, 10 minutes left, and I there's one person in the whole room that's laughing. It's a younger black guy in the front row, and he's the only person who's laughed at anything I've said the whole show, so I just, like lock in i was like okay i'm entertaining you and you alone and i i made some comment about going home with him and as soon as that happened i get this frantic light from the back of the room it's like (laughs) all right fuck it, good night (laughs) and i get out of there and they the the lady who's running the show goes hey uh number one like i don't know like i don't know what to say to you because we we all know that wasn't good number two that guy that you were talking to is mentally retarded and he was the only one who liked anything i said so i got out of there Real fast, this is the best. I got there. <laughs> I like, didn't know this story. Oh, yeah, that's the first time I ever bombed. Uh, wow, and that, that's yeah, a... that's uh, but that was. I when I left, I was like, oh man, that was such a freeing feeling. It was, it felt like strangely good because, like, yeah, I stuck to my guns and it would have been easy to pander and like sink to that you know, that lowest common denominator because you learn how to do that. After you do so many like crummy shows, you learn how to like. Where are you from? Fuck you. You know you you learn, <laughs> you learn those tricks of how to like manipulate an audience into laughing at you, and then getting them kind of on board with like your safer material, and slowly like building a set that way. But this was like the first time I like stuck to my guns. I was like, no, I'm gonna do it my way, and I, I bombed with it, and it, it felt really good in a way. Yeah, I get that. Yeah,
2: sometimes it feels good to bomb.
0: Oh yeah, it does in a way.
2: Not, oh in front, yeah. not not in front of cameras, but
3: when, <laughs> yeah, but not when, in
1: front of cameras, yeah. Yeah. it, it only feels
0: attached. good to bomb if you didn't want it to work in the first place though. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah.
3: Well, I don't know. But I mean, sometimes you have like a, a spite yeah. bomb, where you think a show is going to be really bomb. good, but then you get up there and the crowd sucks or the venue sucks or the comic before you just like motherfucks the room to death, and then you're like, oh, this is a this is not going to work. Or you can you dig a hole on I,
2: purpose, and it's like yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, and then you're just like, fuck you guys, and then you just, you don't give a shit, and that feels really good. Uh, there's a difference in, like, a spite bomb and just, uh, I didn't care
2: it. There's something about seeing disappointed children that always gets me oh, when I'm doing yeah. a set, and I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> don't yeah. it feels It feels bad. Uh, I've never been lucky enough to
3: perform for yeah? children Don't yet. bring children to a fucking comedy show. Don't do it. I might. Ugh. Yeah. To perform... Or be in the crowd.
0: Done it a couple (laughs) of times. It was no good. The uh, at at the Come and Take It party, the the party before Come and Take It, to to get people to come to the Come and Take It festival two years ago at Cactus Records, there was a daytime comedy hour, and I I did comedy in front of there were like maybe twenty children in the front, and this one guy I don't want to say his real name, but it rhymes with Mead Stecker. But uh, he did a bunch of. <laughs> I still don't know who it is. Right. Uh, but he did a bunch of jokes about uh, raping a woman and poisoning her and and then drowning her and no maid Stecker, <laughs> maid Stecker. No, that's it, nothing like his no, material. He had a he had a joke about it. He, he had a lot of jokes about doing drugs and and being on cocaine and killing women and yelling loudly in front of all these children and then it was just, it was kind of cool to have somebody just commit entirely to their uh sam kinnison yelling set okay. about and then and then even though the kids were there the kids seemed okay with it i don't know hmm. the parents were a little okay with it too but it was, <laughs> it
1: was, it was yeah, everybody was mostly just okay with everybody, it. Just felt <laughs> else, everybody just felt okay everybody you know was, was pretty else? okay
0: <laughs> it so it all worked thicker, out right? yeah um I don't want to gossip about Mead Stecker. It's
1: not gossip. Yeah. It's, just, it's an account of an event <laughs> right. where he did his trademark said the material. gossip queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I am laughs> a but I've gossip. had to
0: do but I but re- I remember having to do a show in front of kids about a year in to and I was doing a 20 minute set and I didn't realize there'd be kids in the audience and a year in all my jokes were about coming in my boyfriend's hair or uh I had no right, right jokes on. about anything other than that and so i just all, didn't know what to say so yeah. i just did i stuck to my like you were saying and it, it made, stuck I, to your cums
3: but <laughs> there's there's sometimes where like even like you'll bomb even in the in spite of like a good crowd like a, like have you ever had just a, like a weird bomb like you bomb for a strange reason like i got heckled once by a blind lady i was i was featuring at the sport zone in decatur illinois it's this decatur conference center and hotel and uh, I'm just doing my set, just chugging along, and out of nowhere, it's like in this, this sports bar, out of nowhere I hear, show me your face. I want to see your face. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I look over, and there's a lady sitting at this bar, and I'm like, there, you see my face? There's my face. Like, And I, I kind of like, I was like, I'll let you have one. And then she just <laughs> kept going, kept yelling through my set. And I, just, I laid into this fucking lady because she would not shut up. And I look out in the crowd, and everybody's, like, making these, you know, goggles, glasses, motions around their eyes. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And, like, my te- my material's not working. Like, they smell blood in the water. And all they want to see me do is, like, tear this lady apart. So I, I yeah. like, I'm trying to, like, tell jokes, but this lady won't shut up. Finally, I just, I just rip into her because she won't be quiet. And I walk past her, and I'm like, what are you doing? And I walk past her on the way to my seat, and the headliner is, like, bent over laughing. I was like, what's so funny? He goes, look at the bar, and there's a six-foot-long, red-and-white striped cane on the bar. This lady's like, I want to f- I wanna feel your face. She was trying to, like, feel – like, oh she tried God. to get up to go towards the stage just to feel what I looked like, and I just ripped her to shreds. And she was wearing a bib overalls with no shirt on underneath, and, like, her tits were popping out of the side. It was real weird. It was, like, central Illinois at its best. And I bombed, but I'm like, I want a do over. Like that was not my <laughs> fault. Yeah. No, it, have you heard so like a really weird bomb? You have the best stories. <laughs> like, nah.
1: <I'll> s- no, <laughs> that's really weird. You'd think that if you had that disability, you would think that you would you would know that like, after this guy's set, maybe I can meet him and touch his
3: face she was drunk as shit yeah and drunk blind people right there God. was there she had she was there with <laughs> a guy and like after the show that her boyfriend i'm assuming her husband like came down and was like get back in the room and like took her upstairs to their room it was in this hotel and like what the fuck happened but this blind lady just heckled me for 30 minutes and it, it shook me it was just it was just like a That's, crazy yeah. thing and it was a room that i've done like half a dozen times it was always so fun it's like these oh this is a great crowd it's always it's always a really fun room to middle in and then this crazy thing happens but
1: hmm.
3: weird that's weird real weird can i tell one more bomb story please yeah <laughs> I, feel like I'm, I feel like i'm hogging it right now uh i was doing a show in portage indiana which is like right near valparaiso and there's this bar called leroy's hot stuff Leroy's is like a—it's a biker bar slash Mexican restaurant slash pool hall slash comedy club. It's this long shotgun bar, and you walk in, and there's like three pool tables, and then a little seating area for a Mexican restaurant, and uh, then there's like this little room with a stage and like 50 chairs. And I get booked to do the show. I'm going to middle for this this guy, this guitar comic. Uh, I forget his name. Doesn't matter. And uh, like 10 minutes before the show, the headliner's not there. And the people who are who are running this thing are like, yeah, hey, we haven't seen his name's Mikey something, Mikey Mason. Fuck him. He doesn't he doesn't care. He's never met me. Uh, he's like, yeah, Mikey isn't here. And we called the hotel, and he hasn't checked in yet. So it's like, get on Facebook, and I look at his I look at his Facebook page, and his Facebook status is like, super pumped to be in Murfreesboro, Tennessee this weekend. And I was like, oh, he's not coming. He's double booked. Like, it's just me a year into stand up <laughs> and i was like hey this is on his facebook page and they're like okay well can you do it and i was immediately like yeah because uh, like, <laughs> you don't you don't think as a comic like this is a situation i don't want to be in i was like yeah sure so i go on stage they there's a local guy who reads fuck jokes off of his hand for 5 minutes like he's got them written down and he just puts the crowd in like a really weird mood and then the the guy who's running the show, this guy named Bob, goes up and goes, "Well, your headliner couldn't be here tonight. we got this guy instead. <laughs> and so they bring Aaron Brooks and they, they substitute they... comic. Oh, yeah, they bring me up. And I did an hour and a half, uh, everything I'd ever done, everything I ever thought of, a whole lot of awful crowd work. And it went, it wasn't like as good as it possibly could have, but I just I felt awful. Uh, I felt so bad afterwards. And he comes up to me after the set. He's like, "Oh man, like, how much do we say we we're gonna pay you?" I said, "Well, it was like 150 bucks for 30 minutes, but I just did an hour and a half." And he goes, "Oh, okay." And he puts 150 dollars in my hand, and I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll take this and leave. Thank you for fucking me." <laughs> like, because uh. <laughs> I was working with him the next night in the next town over, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, well, we'll we'll bring somebody else into headline tomorrow night." And I was like, oh, "Please." Yeah. It was just fucking awful, just just terrible, like. I this lady who booked me was had all these like terrible like awful awful rooms where they would like yell out they would just yell out racial slurs and it's uh, it was a nightmare. Don't don't do the Midwest. What
2: was the name of the bar again?
3: Leroy's Hot Stuff. It's always in the name.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. You you can always tell by the name <laughs> of the place. Know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Leroy's yeah. Hot Stuff. That is a that is a snack
3: food. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah, this
1: is what it should be. And they were not so fucking Indiana. proud of this
3: Mexican food. Like this is the best Mexican food in Indiana. It's like okay, cool. And it was, it was, it was alpo in a
0: burrito. It was <laughs> awful. It was terrible. <laughs> Yikes. So Justin, did you want to share that set or not?
1: I, I don't know what that set is you're talking about. I, I didn't know. have one. You didn't have a, up. You
0: didn't have one queued up.
1: No, I was trying to find one and I uh, didn't have a. I didn't have a good bad one. Mm.
3: You guys record the audio of your sets. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. What are I you mean, pointing I, me for? You have a you have a fun story. It's not necessarily like a bomb, but uh. What are you talking about? I don't know if you even want to. I don't know if you want to share it. You. Oh, are you talking? Oh, are you <laughs> talking about uh, having a panic attack? Yeah. Oh God, I've had so many
2: bad things happen to me in comedy. This was it's, great. This was great terrible. to witness.
3: Why was it great? we uh, well, tell the story Show and then I'll, I'll I'll tell you why well, I thought it was fun.
2: Oh, okay. Um. God, I feel like I just keep getting uh, beaten down in comedy and then coming back for whatever ungodly reason. You're going (laughs) to quit. You you know what? You will quit before I do, Aaron. I'll die before you quit. That's true. I'm going to die young. Uh, Yeah, I have have terrible um, uh, luck with NBC, I guess. We did uh, NBC's um, Stand Up for Diversity Showcase. Uh, Middle of the day at Cap City Comedy Club in Austin. And it wasn't like the open roll call, like the, the club had said, "Hey, these are our best, you know, comics, and uh, we all get to do two minutes for them." For these like uh, NBC execs, and this is like 2013. It was probably like two years before uh, America's Got Talent thing happened, and uh, you, you just have to do two minutes. That's it. And I'm doing my set, and I start off, and it's going fine. It's only it's it's the lights. I don't know. I hate that you're laughing right now, Aaron, because <laughs> uh, this was the this is the toughest thing I've ever had to go through in my life. Uh, the aftermath of this and all, all the lights are on and there's the people from nbc and there's just all the comics in austin there that you love and respect and <laughs> i'm like okay yeah whatever it's weird but okay and i started do my set and then i'm like oh boy my chest is getting real tight and i'm in the middle of doing a joke i've done a million times before <laughs> and i just basically just like black out and i'm stand like i'm having i'm having a like legitimate frightening panic attack and I stopped talking I don't even know what happened
3: at that point I was like, I think I actually said oh, oh god I'm having a panic attack I'm going to interject right here uh-huh. uh, You're doing your set and then Danny stops And goes yeah I'm having a panic attack Right now <laughs> <laughs> And we all laughed We're like oh Danny look at what he's doing
2: Yeah no legitimate panic attack uh, I had to shut my eyes and I started breathing real hard And Because I never had a panic attack before And then I uh, Did it Uh, I I snapped out of it, and then I finished whatever my last line of the joke was, or I did like one more joke, and then I was done. And then I was like, what the fuck just happened to me up there? And then I suffered from uh, panic attacks for uh, probably another another year. Uh, How frequently? Huge amount of stage fright. Um, It never happened on stage like that again, where I completely melted down and had to stop. But it was a thing where like I couldn't control my breathing. I didn't really know what was like, how I was supposed to con- contain it. Just so nervous before sets. Um, I had to drop out of a bunch of stuff once in a while, but just like kind of like fought through it. Wow. And uh, it was a nightmare. And then I found out, because I went to go see a therapist afterwards, uh, that that setting, I was t- terrible at speeches. I hated speeches in school. And when I was in 10th grade, I was given uh, a demonstration Uh, And like a 10th grade English class or whatever, and you have to go up in front of the whole class and give a speech, and like mine was like, how to make like an orange Julius or something, and I can't remember, it was like some sort of like, smoothie or something, and I was so nervous that like my hand started shaking when I was like, like dropping in like a teaspoon of something, like I was so visibly nervous, the entire classroom started laughing, and something about that scarred me, and then I remember later in college, like I got called on to read like Shakespeare or something, and like I was just like reading all the text, and I got like, I was like, oh fuck, I can say all this shit, and like, Started like breathing really hard and, like, just had a panic attack there, too. So I had this long history of panic attacks sort of, like, in classrooms. And, like, this Cap City, lights on, all of your peers, authority figures in the back. It was, like, the same thing happening again. Mm. And, like, we kind of got to the bottom of that. But it was so – I know. It's not even
3: funny. It's just – yeah, I keep having just the most awful fucking things happen. in the In the back of the room, we thought it was – Real funny. We thought it was yeah. just Danny like I hated with you. I thought it was an Andy I, Kaufman type of Yeah, yeah. Uh, we thought here here's like this industry showcase and here's Danny up there just goofing around. It's like that's oh, not what, what I do. But also <laughs>
2: Chris Cubis came up to me afterwards and was like I was like, damn, Danny's showing some range. <laughs> I <felt> like <laughs> I was trying to like like no. I had a legitimate uh, panic attack. Yeah,
5: I forgot all about that. What's up?
4: So uh, this is Brenda, the producer,
5: but I actually have a very similar story to this. Um, yeah. I had my first panic attack on stage uh, at the Moth. Um, if you've never done the Moth, it's you do uh, live storytelling. You can't tell notes. You can't really he- rehearse for it because they tell you the theme of it. And you just got to show up and tell the story. And you don't know if you're going on stage until they call your name. And it was the biggest crowd. Yeah, It's the biggest crowd I ever performed in front of. And um, in the moment that they called my name, walking to on stage, which was at the uh, Warehouse Live, uh, packed house. In the 30 seconds from me walking from my chair to being on stage, I had a panic attack. Shit. Like, and I am flooded with adrenaline. Oh man! So I get on stage and I literally just say, "Well, I had a panic at- attack. Let's do this." And the crowd just goes like, "Yeah!" Fuck! And I could, I told the story. Yeah. But I I recorded myself. uh, Because I have boobs, I can, like, put a microphone (laughs) in my boobs. Yeah, I know that move. Record (laughs) too. (laughs) So I I, I told the story. um, I was very fortunate that it went very well. But if I listen to it, I feel a panic attack starting to come up again. Yeah. Um, cause I could hear all the adrenaline from like, my voice is very shaky the entire yes. time. And for like a good six months afterwards, I know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Cause I do improv and like improv is fun that I can like use it to my advantage. But yeah. if I'm doing original material, fuck it, it just takes me out. Like I that's had to pull thing. off myself off stage for a while.
2: Yeah. A, that's terrible. I'm sorry. No, B- I'm just. B- B- you. yeah, I think I think it's I, I was I didn't see a doctor or anything, but I think it's probably panic disorder. Like if you have a car crash or something happen, every time you get in a car now, you're like super like anxious and like, is this gonna happen again?
5: Yeah, and it's that's just how adrenaline flooding I, your body. Yeah,
2: every time I went on stage for like a year afterwards, that's like what would happen. It was terrible.
3: Yeah, fuck you, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, we thought it was just you being a goof,
0: but it wasn't. Yeah, Aaron, you have never heard this explanation before. No, oh, no, I've heard. Yeah, we've talked about it, but I mean, but I, you I think... But still, you still think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I, I funny. Th- I think the yeah.
3: fact that, like, I think the fact that it's all the comics in Austin were just like, ah, Danny's look at Danny fucking around up there. Yeah. Like, we had no idea that, it's oh, shit, bit. Danny's actually having, like, a serious panic attack. Yeah. And had that been, like, had we known nobody, obviously nobody would have yeah, like there was no malice there, but sure. Yeah, you know, I guess you was, were just not dramatic enough about it. Uh, it wasn't like you. It really? was just it was just like, like yeah, oh, here's mean. here's the beats of this joke. And I was seeing stars. It, I think you were in the middle of <laughs> your subway. You have a joke about Subway it was in the middle of this joke about subway. And I, I remember it. And <laughs> yeah. you were talking about uh, everything is turkey based meat. And you just kind of stop. I'm having a panic attack right now. Yeah. And then just kept going <laughs> like there, yeah. there was like a beat beat. I'm having a panic attack right now, another beat. And then you just, that's, that's you didn't dwell cool, on it. You yeah. just, you finished your set. So it was just kind of like this weird yeah. moment of Danny, yeah. Danny, like the subway joke
1: up yeah. with, uh, yeah. with
2: this panic attack.
1: Yeah. You, you like tags.
3: swallowed really hard.
2: Yeah.
0: I and I think I mean, I think I said, Oh boy, actually yeah. at one point. Oh boy. <laughs> the, oh boy.
3: <laughs> uh, it
5: definitely was uh, not. Like, that is what a I,
0: true professional. You just went through the material uh, yeah. in this other place in your head. You just, ask
3: him if he moved on, ask him if he moved on. Uh, I'm going to spoiler alert. Him? He didn't. Can so, I move on for yeah. the yeah, yeah. Oh, for yeah. the diversity? Thing? Oh <laughs> yeah,
2: well that I think has more to do with the fact that I'm not a diverse human being.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that was also weird because they told us it wasn't NBC for diversity, and then afterwards you went to the showcase website and it said NBC for diversity. Yeah, so, yeah all right. Yeah. Why am I doing this? That was weird. But it, it wasn't what I, it wasn't what any of us I think would have thought a panic attack looked like, especially. Oh, it's what it felt like. Yeah, it, it was. It was very. It, it was. It was very like, strangely seamless. Yeah, man, thinking, wow, fuck, why do I keep doing comedy? I don't know.
2: <laughs> why do any of this? That should be the nah. name of the podcast. Why do I keep doing comedy? It's now? not a real question. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, when you look back on stuff like this, you're like, ugh. That it was way worse for you than it was for everybody yeah. watching it. And also, it, it's I've had a panic attack, I've been booed on NBC, and it's like, I don't think anyone really fucking cares yeah to be honest so it's like man just keep doing it's like things are going fine relatively yeah. for being seven years in a comedy so at this uh, point am
1: gonna have to hit you pretty hard to shake you
2: it I would seem yeah I, d- I can't even come close to having a parent yeah. attack on stage anymore good just because I mean yeah I don't think I get that so I guess going through some shit helps you out but yeah. uh, also I wish it wouldn't have happened any of it <laughs>
1: uh, yeah and I'm sorry that you it know, did
2: yeah,
3: yeah it's uh, okay but it made you like a better comic. Do you, do you feel like do you feel like it made you like more prepared? Like once you got through it all, I guess yeah. Going through a bunch of bad shit, I think you know the America's Got Talent thing. Uh, I don't know if it made me a
2: better comic, but I'm also like, wait, well, it doesn't get any worse than this. Yeah. And if I keep doing comedy, then like, what does that
3: mean? It's like if this didn't break you, then what will? Yeah. Well, well, that's you like know. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah That's like
1: kind of like bombing in another dimension. Yes. So sort of, it's not like one performance. You know, it's like, and it's not, and it's not even just like. He bombed on like a late night show. It's like no, legitimately,
2: legitimately booed. I I tell people my yeah. like, it, and it it's seems like, like a,
1: a produced to make you like
2: yeah. oh yeah 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 hundred percent it's it's a living nightmare. You're you're booed. There's like celebrities there for some reason. You're like what what the fuck? Scary Spice doing here? You know? <laughs> it's like it seems like a legitimate like nightmare.
0: Was Howard Stern on the jury?
2: No, he wasn't. Oh. It was um, Mel B, Heidi Klum, Simon Cowell, and Holly Mandel. Actually, I liked Simon Cowell the most.
0: What did
1: he have to say to you
2: he's how he went was an idiot well yeah because he was like uh you know you should have played with the crowd more i'm like how do you like respond to an entire mob of people although he did say although they were rude and turned around but simon cow just something in his face was just like yeah man like this is a game and like you you didn't play like you didn't play along with the, the game and i was <laughs> like i i for some reason, I really understand that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I did, you're right, man. I didn't want to do this. <laughs> what could you have uh,
3: done? Like, turn on the crown and go, fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's what uh, Doogie
0: Horner did. Yeah. I should have.
3: I
2: remember I was like,
3: why, why the fuck am I still standing here? I could have yeah. just
2: walked out, but for some reason, I'm like, well, you no, know, you, have, you have to stand here. And so take that, the wasn't, criticism.
0: that wasn't a kind of thing that you wish you would have done over. You just wish you wouldn't have done it at all.
2: Yeah, my god told me not to do it. And uh, I think the lesson I learned from the whole thing was like, uh, it sounds cheesy and cliche, but like, yeah, don't do anything you don't want to do. And know what you want to do and what you don't want to do. And uh, if you are going to do it, do it on your own terms. Be a fucking badass about yeah. it. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. tell that crowd fuck you. Would you do
0: a USO tour? If it's not aired on television, I mean, probably, mm. I mean is it is that bad? <laughs> no, I'm just. I that's been. Uh, I, I I feel like that would be really bad because I was in the army. Oh, thinking about going up in front of uh, an army crowd oh. and just having them all hate me. Yeah. I don't. I. They, I know. Would, I know they would if I did it, but uh, probably not. But if
2: it, someone threw a bunch of money at me, oh, and yeah. if I, okay, if I was a different comedian than I am now, maybe like five years from now or something, if I'm like a lot, if I could do, I can't do it now. I just, no, I, 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 I just couldn't do it now. But if it was my capacity to do it, and they were throwing money at me,
3: everything I've ever seen about USO tours is number one, they pay uh, a buttload, and number two, yeah. like the people who are who you're entertaining are so like incredibly appreciative of you going over there that they just eat that shit up like regardless of what it is i i know i know some comics who are not funny like like just typical midwest road dog guys but that's what they're good at though is connecting with
2: the audience a little bit and like i feel like most of the time i'm like i just want to talk can you listen and that's not you know i I think you could do it i think let's let's set it up i think you could do it and we're just different people
3: Mean, yeah I let's
1: d- get you guys yeah
3: <laughs> let's take this on the road and by the road i mean to the middle east
1: yeah let's get you let's guys get in the desert anybody oh know yeah. somebody with a chopper
3: road dogged. oh uh, yeah. who sky dogs you and me oh sky dog U.S.O. so you like
2: Well,
1: i got a i got a question i'm i'm trying to make a thing out of asking uh,
2: yes. fine. Uh, yeah fine
1: yeah <laughs> um, I,
3: I'm not going to agree with that kind of resentment. I welcome your question. Thank the you. Rec- I just want the record to Very
1: show much. That. So I'm going to ask you first. i oh, I'll please do. Um, what, do you have a joke that you just, um, like, when you wrote it, you were like, this is going to be my fucking ticket to the top. This is going to be on T-shirts. Everybody's going to love me for this joke uh, that everybody hated. Do oh, you have you one know, of those? Everybody hated. Or oh. just a joke that you really loved that never worked I've
3: I've I have a yeah I have a joke that um, I've, I've got some jokes that like I'm I'm not the kind of comic who tells these jokes and like when I've tried to tell them it just hasn't gone well it's uh, <laughs> gross um, dude <laughs> so the there's two of them I wrote this like a, my first year in stand-up. I, I read an article where the state of Texas was – they were taking the Diary of Anne Frank out of, out of schools. Like, they weren't teaching kids. They weren't, like, letting kids read that as, like, required material or whatever. And the joke I had was uh, set it up, like, Texas is allowing the Diary of Anne Frank in schools. Uh, the reasoning being that, as every good Texan man knows, a woman should learn about her, her vagina from her dad, not a book and it was uh, it was obviously a terrible joke and it's not very funny and it was poorly worded but i was just convinced that this is just going straight to the fucking top okay. and then People i had a, i had another joke place. where i talked about going to like a really run down hotel that i was staying in oh boy uh, i think i said this like twice on stage i think i said it twice ever and i, I just quit cuz i'm like this is not this is not for you i said this joke was <laughs> so this joke was so dark and beaten up it could have started the remake of the color purple and uh, I told it, and I was like, "Oh, why are you doing this?" I did it one time. Uh, I did it one time, and I was like, uh, "I think Chris Kubis was in the room, and I heard him just go, Oh like it was like, <laughs> it was just like okay, that's uh, that's no more.' I love but, it. Which I think is, I think it's, I think it's clever, and I think that there are comics out there who could use that joke and <laughs> to their advantage. But it's not me. I'm not. not you. I'm yeah. not that. I'm not that yeah. kind of comic. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's got it's got the right. It's got an edge making yeah. of a joke. But uh, yeah, maybe it's not coming from, from the
3: wrong individual. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I was not the right person. Yeah, yeah. To tell that.
1: Danny, about you.
2: Um. Yeah, I might have like a different answer for this because I, I don't. I don't think I've ever done a joke where I'm like, yeah, this is going to be my ticket to fame. Uh, I've gotten excited about joke. There was a there, there's a joke that I've done. It's a story. And I've done it and stopped three different times. And the last time I tried to try to bring it back, I was like, I just, I can't, it's too inconsistent. But it's a story about how when I was 16 years old and um, I watched uh, a coworker of mine snort heroin off of like a, a white service and we were like chatting. A- and um, he was done and I noticed that like he left a bunch of heroin on the thing and like, he just couldn't see it because it was on his, and I was like, I'm like, hey, man, like, after a half hour, I was like, I think you missed some heroin over there. And he was like, what, where? I was like, dude, like, right there. And he bent down. He's like, oh, my God, thanks. And then he snorted it in front of me. And i was like, ooh, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> and uh whatever that joke was, it was just too inconsistent. And I was like, what the – like, I've never had a joke be so wildly inconsistent in my life. And there was more to it than that. I just didn't want to fucking – but uh, it was so perplexing that it was uh, a little all over the place. I've yeah. never found a way to make that funny. I want to because it always stuck in my brain, and I haven't figured it out yet. But that's like, something that I will figure out sometime in the future.
3: I think uh, the, the jokes I talked about, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Is like I didn't write those thinking, like, oh, this is going to be a thing, and it's like a merch thing. Sure. But they're, they're things that I yeah, thought, you like— expected
0: the audience to like it more. I
3: expected, I expected it to, like, at least be appreciated on some level, but then, like— and there, there's a host of other jokes that like, you write over time or the ideas that you come up with that, like, you're just not a good enough comic to execute on. And then, like, yeah. you revisit it a couple years later and you're like, oh, here's how I can make this work now. Or you have another life experience where this thing just fits in perfectly. So I think a lot of, like, that story, like, I think, you know, for me, like, that kind of stuff just takes time to, like, yeah get better. Yeah, I
2: didn't story. know how to... Um
3: yeah, making uh, consistent with your other material. Sure, 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 sure. Have you consi- uh, have you guys ever had anything like that, and then it worked after a while? Like you just kind of absolutely it out.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens a lot. Actually, That's a great feeling. I go back to old jokes that I like wrote the premises for in Pittsburgh,
3: and I'm like, oh, that works
2: now. Yeah, for some reason, like, you found a way to do it. Um, yeah, I totally get that.
1: I think I've had one or two of those. Yeah, it's, it's a like, really good feeling.
2: Yeah, when
1: like basically just like the a tag or even the button for just like a completely incomplete or unfunny joke or just a premise sort of just comes to you like in yeah. in life just hmm. tidies up a joke makes it work yeah 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 that's nice it's a nice feeling bob
0: yeah um i was thinking of one i used to I used to want to like pretend like if you ever do stand-up comedy in, in uh, the pulpit at church in front of an audience don't call the lady in the front a communicant and then nobody thought that was funny because it's not that funny. I just thought "communicant" sounds like "communicant." Yeah. And if I'm doing comedy at a church, uh, people wouldn't like that too much. T-shirts. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird how I'm those. It's weird how, how like those Put little internal of ideas <laughs> it's like get so
3: embedded into your brain. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I have to go on stage and say this, yeah. even though like deep inside you know. Oh, you probably shouldn't be telling this. Maybe like
1: not this. even that deep inside. Maybe like right up top, you're
3: like, well, this is a bad idea. I mean, it's, it's soaked but- in every fiber of your core. <laughs>
2: what is... Okay, Aaron, let's say that you're a hacky road comic. I
3: Yeah, okay. That's Hi- not a stretch. Hypothetical here. Yeah. What is
2: what's 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 the line in your set that you sell as a t-shirt afterwards?
3: Oh, man. Oh. I have a joke about the first time I had sex. This girl wanted me to choke her, uh, and uh, there's a line in there. It's like you might not have finished, but you're done. <laughs> and I think, like, it's just like it's. Ugh, it's like you it's alluded like a, to that joke in your uh,
0: yeah nonprofit. What was it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a joke. Like <laughs> it's a joke
3: that I tell if I'm like headlining, just because it's like four yeah. minutes and I know it works. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that would probably. Can be, I a can I tell you show. what your what yours is a what it please. should be? It uh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it should... is, sorry, this, let me interject. <laughs> this is the part of the, of the podcast where Danny insults me, and they're <laughs> right. you know. But no, go on. No, it's not insulting. You should sell T-shirts after your show
2: that you would have to be a completely different person. But they say uh, you can drink or you can
3: fuck. Oh yeah, because that's, that's
2: relying on one of your jokes. That is, and I think you would be the most that's disgusting true. human being
3: <laughs> if you sold those. What's the weirdest merch thing you've ever you guys have ever seen? Uh, the weirdest, or like yeah, well like what's the what's the what's the merch that's made you like the most uncomfortable that somebody's willing to sell it? I don't
4: know. Oh man, I can't even.
3: I sold those Owen Wilson pens for a while. <laughs> Brenda, <laughs> no context required. I knew
4: <laughs> a, I knew a Road comic who had. Um, pro-life buttons that he was giving out after a show and it wasn't a part of his stand-up or anything
3: he's just pro-life he was just <laughs> really Jesus. he was so pro-life
4: <laughs> that he just oh had God. this <laughs> tiny little hill of pro-life <laughs> life buttons that he would give you whether you bought any of his merchandise or not and oh. people were wearing the fuck out of oh, it Jesus. We're, we're his
0: uh, merch items inconsistent with that message or were were they all like boner related they were all
4: about like they were all photos of his face and he was like I can't remember this guy's name but he had like porn stash like a serious case of porn stash and all of his jokes were about how women have fucked him over his entire life and then just he never brought up abortion he never brought up any sort of birth control anything like that so that's what weirded me out the most and for for a moment i thought he was being ironic like he was like hey, hey fucking pro-life right um and then somebody, i overheard him somebody asking him about these and he's like yeah you know we we have to stand by and oh, our beliefs oh <laughs> so god he oh. was like not kidding about this shit oh. this was real to him
3: i don't know if Just, you guys ever heard there's there's one like it's like the best and worst idea for merch ever there's this dude i wish i knew who it was he's like a another midwest road guy who drives around from town to town and will go to a walmart and like buy off the rack shirts that have like a saying on them like i'm too bad to care or something whatever like that Uh and he will go to the hotel and write a joke that fits that shirt (laughs) like he'll buy he'll buy them all for like five bucks a piece and then write a joke that fits that shirt, and then sell those shirts for like twenty dollars. That's oh. amazing. It's it's like incredibly brilliant, but fuck you. <laughs> like, it's uh, uh, merch is such an um, is such an interesting thing for me. Yeah,
1: for a comic to need to have a
3: shirt,
0: but it's crazy. Like, that's where you make all your money. Here's people a, a, people make a ton yeah. of money. Like, yeah. I, I worked with a couple I guys who was, like
3: I could I could hire a teacher for the money I make on merchandise every year. Hmm. It double it doubles the income of some people interesting well
0: we've Uh, had it
1: is it what is it over (laughs) is it over
2: (laughs) i need to brush my teeth inside this bar (laughs) okay well that's it (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys thank you guys for having us (laughs) thank you so much it was fun (laughs) that was fun
3: walking bird (coughs) network.